Hi, I'm Melissa with Mix In Some Magic. I'm a Disney planning expert and I'm here to mix a little magic into your day. Each week I share Disney vacation planning tips, park strategies, and a little bit of Disney history sprinkled in. Of course, I like to include lots of Disney magic. Join me, let's mix in some magic. Hello, and welcome to our Once Upon a Time episode about the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Disneyland. I'm your host, Melissa, with Mix and Some Magic, and today we're going to take a trip down memory lane to explore the history behind this popular ride. Before the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction existed, there was the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Do you remember that? Well, we're going to chat all about the history of this popular attraction along with the storytelling and hidden gems inside the ride. I am so happy that you're here. But before we get into all the fun, let's talk a bit about what's going on in the Disney realm. I have got a list of ride closures and events for you that are happening in April. This is for the Disneyland Resort, and I am hoping... To have one for Disney World next month, starting in May, because I get those requests a lot. But these are ride closures and events happening at the Disneyland Resort in April. The Disney 100 celebration runs all year long. That's going on now and will continue. So if you're visiting in 2023, you can take advantage of that. The Food and Wine Festival is happening right now and runs through April 25th. Throwback Night will be taking place on April 18th and the 20th. That's a special ticket event that's happening at the Disneyland Resort. And if you happen to be attending Disneyland that day but not going to the party, be aware that Disneyland will close early on those nights. Tarzan's Treehouse is still closed for retheming, and we don't have an opening date yet, so TBD. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad closes April 3rd and reopens April 13th. Dumbo will be closing just for one day on April 10th and reopening April 11th. Matterhorn will be closing April 17th, and we don't have a reopening date for that yet. Silly Symphony Swings is closed currently and reopens May 5th. Now we still don't have a reopening date for Splash Mountain, but I'm expecting, I mean a closing date. We don't have a reopening date either, but we don't have a closing date for Splash Mountain. Uh, I'm expecting sometime in May though. I think as soon as the Matterhorn opens back up, which I'm expecting to open sometime in May, then... Splash Mountain will close down for re-theming. We will have to wait and see, though. I'll keep you posted. I just got back from a trip to Disneyland where I got to check out all the new Toontown amazingness. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. I just love Toontown, and this refurb is amazing. I will have a full recap of that on my next week's episode because today we're focusing just on Guardians of the Galaxy. But first I wanted to give you a little hotel review. I stayed at the Cambria and this property has a lot of great things to offer especially for families visiting Disneyland. My favorite things about this hotel are the breakfast, the water park, and the fact that there are two showers in each room. Who doesn't love a free breakfast 
and a water park. Plus the fact that there's two showers make getting ready in the morning for families really easy. The Cambria is located about one mile from Disneyland, which technically it's within walking distance, but it will take you probably 20 to 25 minutes and that feels a little too far for me. So I recommend using the art shuttle that picks up right in front of the hotel. Art is a very convenient way to get to Disneyland or you can also use rideshare like Uber or Lyft. It's just a quick five minute drive to Disneyland. The rooms at the Cambria Hotel are perfect for families or those with larger groups. They have standard rooms and family suites. The rooms are spacious and clean, and some of them even have mini kitchens. This property also has bunk beds that will be perfect for your little ones. And like I mentioned, two separate showers. One is a standalone shower and one is a shower tub combo. The beds are so comfortable and the decor really adds a modern and relaxing touch. Your whole family is going to love the water park. The pool area includes one large outdoor pool, one shallow entry kids pool, an oversized outdoor hot tub, a splash pad, two water slides, a movie wall, a sports court, ample seating with fire pits, and an outdoor bar. The water is heated so you can enjoy the water park year round. Like I mentioned, they have a free hot breakfast, which includes Mickey Mouse waffles, my very favorite, and you can choose from a variety of other hot options like cereals, breakfast pastries, fruit, yogurt, juice, coffee, everything you could want in a breakfast, they've got it, and it's a great way to start your day and also save money for those of us traveling with families. Located just outside the front door of the Cambria, you'll find a bunch of great dining options. They've got the California Fish Grill, Yogurt Land, Jersey Mike's, Habit Burger, Ono Hawaiian Barbecue, Luna Grill, and Starbucks. So literally, you step out of the Cambria and you have all these other dining options to choose from. It's such a great location with those dining options. If you do stay here, you might want to schedule in a rest day to just hang out at the property and enjoy all the amenities because your kids are going to want to spend a bunch of time at the water park. Parking at the Cambria is $28 plus tax per day and the Cambria does charge extra for their water park, but if you book your stay through Getaway today, you get reduced rates at the Cambria, a discount on parking, and you also get free access to the water park. I book all of my Disney travel through Getaway today. They are the best and you're always going to get a great deal. I'll put a link to the Cambria in the show description and a link to Getaway today. You're going to want to check out some of their other properties too. Let's do our question for the day. This one comes from Emily P. She submitted her question to my email. And remember, you can send your questions via email at melissa at mixinsomemagic.com or you can send me a voicemail using the link in the show description. Emily P. asked, We are visiting Disneyland for spring break and I'm really stressing about the crowds. Are we crazy for visiting then? Is it going to be too crowded for us to have any fun? Thank you for your question, Emily. And Disneyland is definitely more crowded during school breaks like spring break and Halloween time. It's crowded during Halloween time too, but I'm trying to say summertime. 
<laughs> but you can still have a great time no matter when you visit. I think some people focus too much on trying to visit Disneyland when they think crowds will be lower because they feel like lower crowds equal a better time at Disneyland. But the problem is Disneyland is always crowded, so it's very hard to find a time to visit that isn't crowded. There are perks to visiting Disneyland at more crowded times though. Park hours are longer and they'll have more entertainment available, especially nighttime entertainment. I actually have a full guide to visiting Disneyland when it's crowded that has a lot of tips. I'll put that in the show description. But I think the most important thing you can do to help you avoid crowds is to rope drop. That will make a huge difference. If you can get there early, you can beat the crowds and it will really start your day out on the right track. Also, read my post with other tips, but make sure you go into it with a good attitude. Yes, it's going to be crowded, but decide beforehand that you're going to have a great time no matter what, and don't let the crowd levels at the park determine what kind of vacation you have. So I think if you decide beforehand we're going to have a good time no matter what, you will have a good time no matter what. So I think you're going to be okay. Spring break is crowded, but the crowds aren't as crazy as like the week between Christmas and New Year's when it's absolutely insane. So I think you're going to be okay and I'm sure you're going to have a great time. But thank you so much for submitting your question. I'd like to share a podcast review. This is from Toots for Days. She writes, Hey, Melissa, I am so proud to be a Disney adult. I've always loved going to Disneyland and even worked in Disney World as a character performer in college. Now I have my own family and I get that Disneyland itch to go every fall. This year we're going as a whole family, which seemed daunting, but that all changed after I found your podcast. Here are so many great tips and your kind, cheerful attitude has relaxed me more than some of my therapy sessions. Thank you for creating this content from a fellow Utah native, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie. You made my day. I'm so happy the information I share has been helpful. And thank you so much for taking the time to leave a review. It's the very best way you can support me. So if something I've shared has been helpful to you, I would be so appreciative if you would take a minute and leave a review. It really helps people find me and that's how I grow. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, it will be time for Once Upon a Time, Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Mix in Some Magic. Have you ever struggled to get those hard dining reservations at any of the Disney parks? It can be so frustrating to jump online 60 days in advance only to find out that the dining reservation you had your heart and soul set on is already booked up. Sure, you can keep checking back over and over again for the next few months to see if something opens up, but that's time consuming and not always effective. Enter Mouse Dining. Mouse Dining has taken the stress out of getting dining reservations at Disneyland and Disney World. Just tell them where you'd like to dine and when, and they will send you an alert when the dining reservations that you're looking for become available. 
Then you can jump online and book them. I've had great luck using mouse dining and I think you will too. I'll put a link to them in the show description. Make sure you check them out. I'm back, and this episode was requested by Tess and her daughter, Taisley. If you have a request for a Once Upon a Time episode that you'd like to see, just send me an email at melissamixinsomemagic.com or DM me on Instagram and tell me what our next Once Upon a Time episode should be. These are my very favorite episodes to create. I love deep diving into attractions around the park, but I've been especially excited for this episode. Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite attractions. It didn't used to be, though. I used to hate it. Back when it was Tower of Terror, I just didn't enjoy it much. I didn't love the theme of the ride or the up and down motion but I would still ride it. But over the years, I think I've just gotten used to the dropping feeling. And now that it's Guardians of the Galaxy, it has become maybe my favorite attraction. Ugh, I don't think I can say that. I have so many favorites. It's my favorite attraction in California Adventure, for sure. I just love it. It's a good one. But before the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction existed, there was the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. And this was a popular ride at Disney California Adventure, which opened in 2004. It was based on the classic TV show Twilight Zone and featured an eerie atmosphere, thrilling drops, and spooky effects. The original version of this attraction opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios, then named Disney MGM Studios, at Walt Disney World in July of 1994. A decade later, Disney began plans to add a similar version of the attraction to their newest park at the Disneyland Resort in California. The Tower of Terror buildings are among the tallest structures found at their respective Disney resorts. At 199 feet, the Florida version is the second tallest attraction at the Walt Disney World Resort, with only Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom being taller by about half a foot. After its re-theme, the 18... nope, the 183 foot, it's much taller than 18 feet, the 183 foot structure at Disneyland Resort is the tallest building on the property, as well as one of the tallest buildings in Anaheim. So how did the Tower of Terror come to be? Well, of course I went to Wikipedia because they know everything. So this is from Wikipedia. It says in the late 1980s, a second phase development was being designed for Disneyland Paris, then known as Euro Disney. It included was a free fall type ride in Frontierland that was to be named Geyser Mountain. It would have been part roller coaster and part free fall ride that shot guests up a vertical shaft. The plan was scrapped, but was picked up by Disney's Hollywood Studios, then named Disney MGM Studios, as part of a massive expansion to their U.S park. Several attractions had already been proposed, including Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers, 
which would actually later be made into Indiana Jones' adventure at Disneyland. But they still needed a major e-ticket attraction. The idea of a drop shaft ride came up and was chosen. There had been several proposed ideas for haunted attractions, including a ride based on Stephen King's novels. Can you even imagine if that had actually happened? If there was a ride at Disneyland based on Stephen King's novels? I don't know. I just can't see it fitting in at all. There was also a proposed Vincent Price ghost tour, a Mel Brooks narrated ride, a real hotel, an awards show honoring a classic movie monster starring Godzilla hosted by Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and Elvira, and a whodunit murder mystery, but none of them progressed into development. Walt Disney Imagineering eventually took inspiration from Rod Sterling's anthology stories featured in The Twilight Zone as a foundation for the attraction's original story. Imagineers mused that the attraction would be able to take guests into the fifth dimension that Sterling always described as unlocking in every episode of the series. With the project in firm development, Disney licensed the rights to use the Twilight Zone intellectual properties from CBS. The Imagineering team settled on a 1930s-era Hollywood hotel with a Twilight Zone theme. Disney felt that Rod Sterling needed to be part of this attraction, although he had died almost two decades earlier. So in order to include Sterling in the attraction, Disney opted to host auditions to cast his voice, with Carol Sterling, Rod's widow, serving as a consultant for the casting. After many auditions, Mark Silverman was chosen by Carol to provide her late husband's voice. The archival footage of Sterling used in the pre-show was taken from the episode It's a Good Life. Silverman would later reprise his voice role for additional lines for the Disney California Adventure attraction. The attraction was designed to look like a haunted hotel. And here's the storyline that you stepped into when you rode the Tower of Terror at Disneyland because they're kind of different at Disney World versus Disneyland. I th I thought Disneyland's version was better, but I think maybe that's just because I rode it more. Anyway, this is the story from the the Disneyland version. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, so once you're in the lobby, guests are ushered to the hotel library, which houses the hotel's collection of books and antiques. With a crash of thunder and lightning, the power in the library goes out, except for a television set, which crackles into life and plays the opening sequence from the fourth and fifth seasons of The Twilight Zone, hosted by Rod Sterling. The episode depicts the events of a stormy night in Hollywood in 1939 when a lightning bolt strikes the tower and causes five people, an actor, a singer, a child star, her nanny, and a hotel bellhop to vanish from the elevator along with an entire wing of the building. Sterling then tells guests that they'll be stepping in the maintenance service elevator to become the stars of an episode of The Twilight Zone. The television then turns off and then guests are directed through the boiler room to board their elevator. The whole setting was pretty spooky and you definitely had an ominous feeling as you made your way into the boiler room and the service elevators. 
As the elevator doors close, the lights in the service elevator flicker out. The elevator itself is pushed into the shaftway by a mechanical arm in front of the doors. With a flash of lightning, the walls of the basement disappear altogether, leaving only a starry field around the service doors with a rotating purple spiral. The elevator rises quickly where the doors open on an ornate wooden framed mirror in a brightly lit corridor of the hotel and riders see their reflection in the glass. Lightning strikes the hotel and the lights of both the corridor and elevator flicker out. A ghostly wind blows through a window and the reflection of riders in the elevator becomes distorted. With another blast, the elevator rumbles and shakes and with a final blast of lightning, the electrified reflection disappears, leaving only the image of the empty elevator in the mirror as the door closes. The elevator descends and opens to reveal a corridor with an image of another elevator where the ghosts of the five missing passengers appear. They beckon riders to join them before disappearing in a bolt of electricity as the walls in the corridor become a star field, leaving just the other elevator. The other elevator's door open to reveal the lost passengers inside as both elevators appear to float through space. The distant guests fall, then the distant elevator, followed by the ride elevator. So there were two small drops in pitch black darkness, followed by a rise to the top of the tower, as in cabin lights flicker, the doors open out to reveal the view from the top floor of the car, then the car drops briefly, pauses, and drops along the remainder of the shaft. The elevator then rises almost to the top and immediately drops without stopping in complete darkness. The elevator then ascends all the way to the top of the tower, shudders, and falls to the bottom of the shaft, with the elevator being finally returned to its lowered level and horizontally pulled back into place at the broiler room service doors. The service doors open and the guests exit the hotel through the basement and the gift shop. So I know that was kind of like a technical description of exactly what happened, but I wanted you to kind of remember if you had ridden it before, because I know it's been a long time since most of us have ridden Tower of Terror. And then I wanted you to be able to see the differences with Guardians of the Galaxy. So hopefully that jogged your memory. If you've never been on the Tower of Terror at California Adventure, there's a description of it. There was a lot of up and downs, a lot of up and downs in the dark, and I felt like their up and downs weren't as fun as the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Maybe I just like Guardians better. I'm not sure. But it was an exciting and unsettling ride. And my kids did not love it. Not because of the ride itself, but because of the spooky nature of the whole attraction. But before it was closed for retheming in January of 2017, Disney began a farewell promotion of the ride, which started on September 9th in 2016. It featured a late checkout option to experience the drop portion of the ride in total darkness. So the same audio would play, but the show scenes on the fifth and fourth floors would be completely dark. And I actually got to experience the late checkout back in September of 2016, and I thought it was fun, but I didn't think it was as fun as the actual attraction. So the Tower of Terror closed on January 3rd, 2017, but like I said, you can still ride a similar version over at Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World. Fans were initially skeptical about the new ride. In fact, a lot of people were pretty upset that the Tower of Terror was being rethemed, and I remember feeling pretty disappointed that it was going away. 
I didn't think Disney would be able to create a re-theme that was good, as good as the original, because how could they replace such a beloved attraction? However, when Disney announced that the ride would be based on the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, then people started to get more excited. The ride transformation began in early 2017 with workers removing the Tower of Terror's iconic signage and kind of gutting the inside. Although they did leave all of the same ride mechanics, all of the decoration and the theming was being completely changed. As months went on, the building was transformed into a futuristic space station complete with new effects and props. The new ride, which... The official title is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, open to the public in May 2017. Riders were now tasked with helping Rocket Raccoon Rasp... I can't say it. Riders were now tasked with helping Rocket Raccoon Rescue. Rocket Raccoon Rescue is really hard to say. They were trying to help Rocket Raccoon rescue his fellow guardians from the collector who had imprisoned them in his collection. (laughs) The ride experience, like I mentioned, was similar to Tower of Terror with the elevator drops that kind of rose at different speeds. However, now the ride featured new effects, new projections of the guardians, and new soundtracks featuring classic rock hits from the 70s and 80s. Despite initial skepticism, Guardians of the Galaxy attraction quickly became a fan favorite and guests loved the new effects, the catchy music, and the fun storyline. The ride has since spawned merchandise, food items, and even a dance party at the nearby Hollywoodland area of Disney California Adventure. Unfortunately, I have no memory of the first time I rode Guardians of the Galaxy. I wish I could remember how I felt about the whole thing, but I can't. I can't come up with anything. I do know that my kids have enjoyed the attraction much more now that it's not so spooky and the cool soundtracks make for a much more fun ride experience. So the attraction is themed to look like the collector's fortress. The collector is named Tanalir Tivin and he collects interesting things from all around the galaxy. So the idea is that you are there to see all of the artifact artifacts that he's collected. It's almost like you're visiting a museum. And if you look carefully around the outside of the building and when you're in line, you might notice some of Rocket's paw prints. Keep an eye out for those. So while you're in line, you're ma- you'll make your way through the Gardens of the Galaxy. How cute is that? Gardens of the Galaxy. Here you'll find 525 shrubs, 30 trees, and 25 potted plants. The collector doesn't just collect things, he also collects sounds. So if you listen while you're in line, you'll be able to hear some of the sounds he's collected. There are different instruments from around the galaxy and even the Gettysburg Address. There are two languages on the signs around the attractions, English and Celestial. You can actually download a Celestial Translator card online if you'd like to translate it, but it mostly just says the same thing as the English version. However, there is some Celestial writing near the entrance, and when translated it says, 
The Tiven Group is not responsible for guests accidentally consumed by any rare creature or beast, or any guests who might inadvertently wander into an empty cage and find themselves inexplicably trapped. Although you are guaranteed a visit to see the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Tiven Group is not responsible if the Guardians are unresponsive or asleep. By reading this, you grant approval for the Tiven Group to own your biosigns and to do with them as they wish forever and ever throughout this and any other galaxy both known and unknown enjoy your tour when you enter the attraction you'll find out that the collector's latest acquisition are the guardians of the galaxy and he has them on display along with other things that you might enjoy as you make your way through the queue there are so many things on display throughout the attraction 2200 to be exact too many to even mention, obviously, but make sure you read the plaques on the items for more information about each one as you make your way through the queue. The attractions are rotated often, the artifacts, I mean, but here's some of the things you might see. A case of dark elf artifacts, Vilus, which are the little birds from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. They're actually pretty cute. A cocoon of unknown origin, Stormbreaker's hammer, Figment from the attraction at Disney World. If you keep a sharp eye and look at the cages above, you might be able to spot Figment. And the dog Cosmo, who is my personal favorite. If you look closely, you can see him moving and notice the smudge marks on the glass from his nose and paws. It's pretty adorable. So while you're in there, listen to the Guardians as they discuss their captivity. They're pretty entertaining to listen to. And all of the actors on the attraction are the same actors from the films. They all reprise their roles for the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. Once it's your turn to enter the collector's library, you'll be asked to raise your hands and you'll be scanned and that will grant you access to the library. Once inside, take some time to check out some of the artifacts in the library because there is some pretty cool stuff inside. If you happen to be in the room on the right side, you can see a bellhop's hat that's from the original Tower of Terror attraction. Also, notice Peter Quill's Walkman is on display. Pay attention to that because it's important in the ride later on. Soon, a video will start playing where the collector begins talking about his many artifacts. If you look closely, you can see that Howard the Duck is on display behind the collector in the video. You can just see his silhouette if you're paying real close attention. The collector begins talking about his newest collection, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and how we'll get to view them in just a few minutes. And that's when there's a little commotion and Rocket falls out of an air shaft and mutes the video. Rocket explains to us that he's escaped and he's going to set his friends free, but he needs our help. He needs human hands to scan to make the gantry lifts work. He's going to climb on top of our lift and free his friends. It's a foolproof plan. Notice as everyone starts filing out of the office that Rocket is going to reach down and grab the Walkman. He's going to use it later, so pay attention to that. A lot of people miss it. Next, you'll head out into the boiler room where you'll see a bunch more artifacts on display. This almost seems to me like it's kind of a storage space for the collector where these things aren't quite on display, but he uses them occasionally. I mean, that's just me. That's just the vibe I get. But notice Harold the Yeti. He is the original Abominable Snowman from the Matterhorn, and you can see him on this attraction. 
Once it's your turn, you'll raise your hands for scanning and that will open the lift doors and you'll be seated on the ride. Buckle up because you're in for a wild ride. This attraction lasts 2 minutes and 10 seconds and the largest drop is 140 feet and goes 39 miles per hour. You will have your picture taken so when you're at the top and the doors open and you can see the outside, smile for the camera. Once the attraction begins, you'll see Rocket's silhouette and he takes the Walkman and plugs it in and tells everyone to raise their hands. Next, one of six different songs will begin playing. The choices are Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar, Give Up The Funk by Parliament, Born To Be Wild by Stephen Wolf, I Want You Back by The Jackson 5, Free Ride by Edgar Winter Group, or Burning Love by Elvis Presley. And each song comes with its own sequence of video scenarios, so what you see will depend on what song you get. I love Hit Me With Your Best Shot or Free Ride. Those are probably my favorites, but they're all great. So you're going to get to experience a different ride with each of the songs. During the ride, it will become clear that Rocket has freed his friends, but he also freed some of the monsters along the way, which cause a little bit of a problem. Luckily, we all escape safe and sound. As you exit the attraction, you can sometimes hear Howard the Duck taunting the collector for losing the Guardians. This attraction does have a Halloween overlay called Monsters After Dark. This version runs just at Halloween time, but only in the afternoon and evenings. Monsters After Dark is a continuation of the story, which is pretty cool. So in that storyline, the Guardians have escaped, but the monsters are now on the loose. They got loose when Rocket was freeing the Guardians. But Rocket soon realizes that Baby Groot is trapped in the tower and he needs you to distract the monsters so he can rescue him. This version is pretty cool and many of the artifacts are covered up in the queue because the monsters have escaped. So they cover up the artifacts, the lights are flashing, cast members are wearing a safety vest that says response team. And if you look closely at the walls, you might notice shadows of the escaped monsters. The videos are different than the original video and you help Rocket rescue group while, Groot while dodging monsters and listening to Monsters After Dark, which was written by Tyler Bates who scored the Guardians of the Galaxy film. It's a really fun addition to Halloween time. Well, there you have it. Everything I know about Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disneyland. I am sure that I missed so much because there's a lot of hidden gems on this attraction, but I think it's clear that the Guardians have found a new home at Disney California Adventure and will hopefully be around for a very long time. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to check out my other Once Upon a Time episodes. I've got one for Matterhorn, Pirates of the Caribbean, Little Mermaid, Monsters, Inc., and more. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful day. I will be back next week with something new. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon.